Thanks for listening. For earlier access to these episodes, access to Ask Me Anything sessions, and extended breakdowns of historical and current events, please consider joining our warning premium community by clicking the link in the description to this episode. Out of spots to the boop. The first Republican debate on Fox News has reached its end. Thank goodness. What is it that the American people just saw? It was a surreal evening. Donald Trump is ahead in this race by 42 points, but you wouldn't know it through the conduct of a single candidate on the stage this evening. None of them went after Donald Trump. Chris Christie did, kind of. He talked through the booze. He fought through it. But he didn't lay a glove on Trump. Nobody made the case against him. The most incredible moment of the debate, by far, is when the question is asked, if Donald Trump is convicted, would you still support him as the Republican nominee? Now, everybody raises their hands, except for Asa Hutchinson and Chris Christie. What's incredible about that is the pious, squinty-eyed performance of Mike Pence through the entire debate, talking angrily at times about his love and his defense of the Constitution. As MSNBC's Mehdi Hassan points out, at the moment of crisis, what did Mike Pence do? He called Dan Quayle, and Dan Quayle told him, what are you talking about? Of course you have to certify the election. Mike Pence would support the man that tried to hang him if he was the Republican nominee again, a man he talks about as having asked him to betray his constitutional oath, which, according to Mike Pence, is everything. It is nonsensical. And when I talk nonsensical, that's before we get to Vivek Ramaswamy. There are no words. The 38-year-old tech bro demagogue, the millennial fame seeker. Boy, what a performance. The first thing to understand about Vivek Ramaswamy is he's a demagogue. He reminded me of Crazy Eddie, who was in the electronic sales business in central New Jersey where I was growing up. He had a deal for everybody. I think he went to prison for tax evasion eventually. Vivek Ramaswamy has no idea what he is talking about whatsoever. At climate change policies, then they are of actual climate change. You beat him. Every is down by Naldo Vazar in the last sentence. Listen, listen, listen. No, hold on, hold on. I had enough. I had enough already tonight of a guy who sounds like ChatGPT standing up for us. And the last person in one of these debates, Brett, who stood in the middle of the stage and said, what's a skinny guy with an odd last name doing up here was Barack Obama, and I'm afraid we're dealing with the same type of amateur. Quick stand to say it's Give me a Give me an odd just like you didn't know the same type of amateur. And, and you'll help elect me just like you didn't know the same type of amateur. He is an uber-wealthy dilettante who's trying on political extremism for attention. 
Asa Hutchinson seemed perfectly normal and therefore has no chance in this MAGA movement. The North Dakota governor seemed interesting. But every one of them, from Nikki Haley on down, when the question that mattered came, they all raised their hands. Four more years of Trump in the end. There's no reason whatsoever why Donald Trump will show up to the second debate. Why would he? This is like a model Congress. It's not real. It's pretend. The champ isn't in the ring. And nobody laid a glove on him tonight. What a pathetic spectacle. The other thing that's worth noting is the extremism. Each candidate was in a bidding war to outdo the one next to them on who could be the biggest extremist in the room. If you want the federal government of the United States in your bedroom, in your doctor's office, and in your church with your priest, involved in your most intimate moments, then those candidates were the right crew for you. At the end of the day, the Republican Party is the third oldest in the world. What this was, was a sordid spectacle, a type of reality show, a type of a hideous version of America's Got Talent. It was an abomination at a lot of levels. It meant little. Donald Trump is sitting back somewhere tonight, watching it all, far ahead, getting ready to turn himself in tomorrow. Donald Trump has been charged in four jurisdictions with 92 felony counts, and Fox News couldn't get through it quick enough. Donald Trump is being arraigned tomorrow for a conspiracy that sought to burn down the Constitution of the United States. That's what the criminal charges are about. None of those people defended America. Most of them averted Trump's wrath. None of them made a case tonight to be president of the United States. And all but two of them disqualified themselves by promising to support someone they all acknowledged, save Vivek Ramaswamy, is utterly unfit for the job. There are almost no words in the English language that suffice to describe the disgrace of the first Republican debate that took place on Fox News. It's a cry for help from a wounded country. What the American people saw last night was a window into the anger that has been stoked by Fox News, whether it's the out-of-control, jeering, booing crowd that doesn't want to hear things like, there was, in fact, an insurrection, or that Donald Trump, in fact, lost the election. The Fox News crowd is reflective of Fox Nation, bitter, aggrieved, angry, and completely loony. The idea that somebody like Vivek Ramaswamy is on a presidential debate stage is ludicrous. He is a full-on, fame-seeking millennial demagogue who knows nothing about the world. It's very important.
for the American people to understand something about the war in Ukraine. The United States is not fighting in Ukraine. The United States is arming the Ukrainians, so no American soldier ever has to fight should Vladimir Putin win in Ukraine and decide to move his aggression west across a NATO border. This is a very simple concept to understand. The Ukrainians are fighting, not Americans. The chances of Americans fighting go up if the Ukrainians lose. The fact that presidential candidates don't understand this concept is very alarming. But it's so much more than that. It's the rampant dishonesty. It's the utter lack of vision. The total detachment from obligation and responsibility to the country. The hollow men and women who stood on that debate stage after decrying the things that Donald Trump did to a person, with the exception of Asa Hutchinson and Chris Christie, raised their hand and promised their devotion to Trump, even if he's a nominee from prison. It was a ludicrous event. And there's no reason why Donald Trump, after it, will ever attend another Republican debate. It was a surreal affair between the people who are losing to Donald Trump by 50 points. As scary as the Republican debate show was, it wasn't as scary as the show playing out over on what used to be known as Twitter, X, between Tucker Carlson and Donald Trump. The trajectory since 2015 when you got into politics, yeah. you know, for real, and then won, uh, there, it started with protests against you, massive protests, right. organized protests by the left, and then it moved to impeachment twice, right. and now indictment. I mean, the next stage is, is violence. Is, are you worried that they're going to try and kill you? Why wouldn't they try and kill you, honestly? Uh, they're savage animals. They are people that are sick, really sick. The first thing to notice about this interview is its demagoguery, its malice and how dangerously it incites violence. Against who, you ask? Well, against the they. Listen to it in the interview over and over and over again. There is always a they, a secret, lurking, insidious they. Wild, dangerous animals, as Trump puts it. Now, Let's be clear about something. The wild animal that Donald Trump is referring to, that he's talking about, is the woman that he constantly smears, that he's obsessed by, that he's fixated on. She's a law enforcement official who has levied charges against him. It's Fannie Willis from the state of Georgia, the district attorney of Fulton County. And what is it that happens to rabid, dangerous animals, the type of animals that Donald Trump is talking about. They get killed. And more than that, it's justified to kill them. Donald Trump, for seven years, when any hypothetical question arose about his potential loss, about him not getting political power 
or losing political power. His answer was always the same. It was an intimation towards violence, a threat levied against the country, a proverbial gun held to America's head. With Donald Trump overtly declaring, you pick me or I cause chaos. You make me the president or I pull the trigger. That's the Trump message. Thank you for listening to my political commentary. If you like what you heard today, please also consider subscribing to The Warning, daily newsletter on Substack. Our democracy hangs in the balance. The 2024 presidential election is the most consequential in America's history. It's not hyperbole. It's a fact. That is why the mission of The Warning with Steve Schmidt is to help readers orient to the currents that are shaping our times and the unseen forces driving politics that are very rarely discussed on cable news. Please sign up at Steve Schmidt, S-T-E-V-E-S-C-H-M-I-D-T dot substack dot com. Again, Steve Schmidt dot substack dot com or at the link in the show notes section below. Thank you to each and every one of you for listening and watching. Let's look at this life-size portrait of George Washington that hangs in the Capitol Rotunda. It's from, it depicts the scene where Washington resigns his commission. The chair where his cloak is draped is a bit bigger than the others in the room, larger than the chairs the members of Congress are sitting in, but it goes unoccupied. George Washington refuses the throne. He lays down and drapes his military cloak over the chair. He will not be a Caesar. It will go unoccupied. George Washington submits to civilian authority. He bows before the Congress in a highly scripted ceremony. That painting, which was described by its painting as depicting the most noble act in history, an act of profound humility and submission that breathed life into the United States, he described it as history's most noble act. That painting was hanging on the walls of the Capitol Rotunda as the insurrectionists came, as the Confederate flag came and marched by it. It was the darkest day in American history, yet there Tucker Carlson and Donald Trump sit telling the American people about its abject beauty. How sick can you possibly get? Understand what this is. It is a window into angry America, to the hearts of the aggrieved, to the hearts of the faithless, to the people who, for whatever reason, as we approach the 250th anniversary of this country, have risen up and want to burn it down. It's happened because of cowardice and weakness, a political class vested in its own power that regards itself as above the country has refused to stop this. This country stands at an hour where it needs to wake up. What played out on a debate stage 
was a travesty, a debacle for a free society. These debates fundamentally raise a question that we thought was settled in 1783 in this country. Are we capable of governing ourselves? Is this nation of 330 million people capable of decent, honest self-government? Or has it collapsed? Because if it has, we are about to regress back into the darkness. Because for Americans, unlike the other people of the world, there is no other place for us to go if liberty is lost in this land. And when you watch the debates, the Republican debate and Donald Trump's and Donald and Tucker Carlson's travesty on act, anybody who thinks that liberty in this country is not imperiled is a fool.